Welcome to this episode of the Idea DevOps Tools podcast. Our goal is to spread knowledge about key topics in the software development industry with solutions that help users throughout every step of the application development process, from building to securing, testing, and deploying applications. Our solutions experts are poised to provide enticing perspectives and industry insights. Today, we have a special episode for you all. We are going to be joined by J.D. Burke from Kiwan and John Brunner from Preemptive to take a broader look at the role of security solutions within the development process to help create robust applications that are prepared for today's threat-filled environment. My name is Alexander Goodwin, and I'm the Senior Marketing Manager for DevSecOps, supporting Kiwan and Preemptive. I'll be moderating the discussion and asking our solutions experts key questions about the state of the industry and the path ahead. Hi guys, thank you both for joining me today. How are you both doing? Unbelievable. Doing, doing great. great, thanks for asking. <laughs> great, so let's uh, get started with a high level question just to sort of set the tone. Um, what are the most urgent vulnerabilities and risks that application developers are exposing themselves to now? And how do you expect these to sort of change over the next few years? Uh, I'll go first with that one. Uh, so. Alex, it kind of depends. Um, urgent vulnerabilities and risk from a point of view. Um, so application developers, um, you know, they're, they're kind of current um, dragons that they're facing, that they're slaying. I think um, probably I would encourage them to pay attention to the um, system configuration type stuff, data access, um, se security of data, in flight and at rest, as opposed to some, you know, back in the day, maybe you had some some silly stuff like SQL injection or whatever. But I think anymore, um, what we're figuring out is that your data or what folks are kind of coming to grips with is that your data is what's important. So um, if you lock it up in flight, or as John will probably talk about here a little bit later, um, your data could also be your application that you push forward to the prod. Any errors that can harden that, any anything you can do to harden that. So using uh, uh, best of breed encryption, uh, best of breed crypto, uh, any of that kind of type technology, um, not reinventing the wheel and trying to become an expert quickly. And then just making sure your data flows are nice and solid and tight. Um, and then keeping track of um, your keys so you can get in and out of those easily. Um, and I, I expect um, that probably won't change a lot over the years, but when I, I started out by talking about it, it depends what audience you're talking about. So application developers are a valid audience, but they work for a company that pays them money and, and funds their interests or, or focuses their interests with money. And I think in the coming years, what we're going to see is that the C-level is going to say, um, or double down on this, and they're going to say, yeah, uh, this data thing is pretty important because we've just been sued or our insurance rates just went up and that's going to make it easier for the application developers to get done what they need to get done because their bosses uh, are going to suddenly find more money to make things happen. But one of the things I talked in there was that understanding what the concept of data is. And I said that you know some of your data could actually be your application that you push out to prod. So I suspect uh, John probably has just one or two thoughts about those uh yeah a bit um uh yeah i just uh just to kind of add on to what um jd 
was saying, I mean, there's this is a this is a burgeoning area, and 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 we've seen a lot of different changes in this area. Um, and uh, what I would say to just kind of um, you know, there, there's a lot of different threats out there that that we know about. You know, not just um, you know to to uh, not just within application development, but you know, there's social engineering, there's phishing attacks, there's all this sort of stuff that can implicate that can um, affect our um, you know our, our company. Um, but one of the biggest things, and ironically, our primary focus is um, to mitigate the th threat of reverse engineering. Uh, a number of the recent breaches that we've seen, some that have made it into the news are ones that came by way of reverse engineering of applications. So the second we deploy our application to out into the wild, through the app store, through uh, uh, directly to our um, end users machine, um, uh, or maybe we're creating a turnkey turn solution, maybe we're deploying to cloud, maybe it's going on device, maybe we have an IoT application we've built. Um, if we don't take the appropriate steps to uh, lock down our application, then uh, it's there's a, there's a number of free uh, decompilers, disassemblers, debugger tools uh, that are that are out there that a hacker can just download onto his or her machine, uh, pull down your application, your APK, your DLLs, and reverse reverse them into the high level source, or at the very least, the 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 um, binary language. So, um, so yeah, uh, just to kind of wrap it up, the the one of the biggest things that we've seen in this area that's kind of um, you know, uh, really exploded in the past handful of years is uh, this 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 wide array of tools that exist for free uh, that anybody can access that they can use to hey as soon as you deploy this this application to my device hey let me just pick it apart let me see what I can see and uh, based off that maybe I'm going to try and launch an attack at your company so right that makes complete sense it seems like gaining access into you know, some of the data that pertains to the application and, and the functionality of it is a, is a clear and, and a very present risk uh, for many of these companies. And uh, you know, ultimately that really puts, the, puts an undue burden on the end user, right? Their, uh, you know, their private details, their user information is, is now becoming increasingly available um, as a result of those, of those hacks. Um, and you know, sort of every person that's navigating these apps has to acknowledge that risk as they're using them. Um, and this is especially pernicious in, you know, sort of the banking, finance, healthcare space, um, and obviously very concerning. And in many ways, like people are almost avoiding using applications that collect too much data or log activity. Um, you could look at uh, DuckDuckGo as being a good example of this. Um, a lot of people are searching for solutions that enable them to, you know, to be feel more private online um, and, and the way they use applications. Um, with the inadequacy of, of many of the current applications um, from a protection standpoint, from your perspectives, what will it take to, to get ahead and, and overcome some of these risks um, so that you know, people can feel safer in, in the way that they use applications um, in general? Well, I guess, you know, not to overuse my initial premise or thesis, it's a, it depends. And there, it's probably a two-sided coin. Uh, if that's not obvious, one is the actual user. So, so to to get me to use your application or cough up my data, um, you're going to have to um, convince me 
or there'll be, I think there'll be increasing pressure that you need to convince me that my data is safe. And, and part of that will be um, like the DuckDuckGo example for, or others where you explicitly put in front of me this declaration that I'm not gonna collect your data, I'm not gonna use your data, I'm not gonna resell your data. This is what I'm doing with your data. And I think this is part of that mailstorm that Facebook and company are, are starting to face. That they know they have God mode like powers with data and they know the world's watching them and they know the world's um, looking for them to step up and say, look, I need you to be a good citizen. And they're, I, th I think, I feel as if they're having um, difficulty kind of making that very strong, solid first step to send me the messages that your information is safe with me. The other side of that coin is the actual company. Right, so the so somewhere in there, the companies are going to it's going to get back to this risk reward kind of problem where um, I don't want your data because if I lose your data and chances are good I'm going to lose your data, you're going to sue me, and if you sue me, that's going to cost. And then somewhere in there, they do the cost benefit that says, well, okay, so great, you sue me, um, you're still cheaper than fixing everything, so I'm just going to run broken and take the lawsuit if it happens, right? Eventually that's not gonna work, right? The feds are gonna get all get up in their mess and uh, insurance is gonna crack down on folks and the lawsuits are gonna be so, and the, you know, the brand damage is gonna be so painful that they will find it in their best interest to go back to the other side of the coin and put up explicit notices and, and communications and outreach to me that, that my data is safe in their hands. And uh, I don't know if, uh, you know, John, am I wrong? I don't know. What do you see? Yeah, no, I think, um, I think you're spot on with, with um, what you said. And, and just to kind of piggyback off of what you, what you said is, um, you know, we've had, we have this burgeoning field of DevSecOps, whereas, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there was a team who was within the organization with wholly responsible for, for the security of our company, whatever that meant, the, the cybersecurity of our company. Uh, you know, that was one group and they did everything, you know, hardware, software, everything. And um, with this growing field of dev, DevSecOps, um, we, you know, it, it puts the onus and the responsibility uh, of, of making sure that our company stays safe and that our end users and their data stay safe. And it kind of, you know, spreads it across. No, 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 it's just not, not just that one team, but um, hey, this development team here, uh, we need to add and incorporate tools that can, um, that can help enforce uh, secure, not just secure coding practices, but also the security of those binaries to, to um, you know, to, to uh, avoid us getting hacked and reverse engineered and somebody injecting malware, you know, those type of attacks that, that would occur after we ship our, our code outside of our, our own firewall. So um, yeah, I think uh, everything you said, JD is like, is, is perfect. Just uh, the only thing I would really add to that is just, like I said, just the, the expanding responsibility of those individual teams, the development teams and, um, and uh, QA teams and, and uh, 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 the, the DevOps personnel to 
add those tools to their tool set to, to do this um, securing and locking down of their application so that it's not like after the fact, hey, a pen tester came by and said, hey, you're not doing anything to secure your code or protect it against reverse engineering or you know spoofing and um, uh, tampering and that sort of thing. You haven't done anything. Now you need to react. So um, yeah, just, just moving into a more proactive mode company-wide. For sure, it seems to me that the biggest challenge is that you know security really needs to become uh, more broadly compelling, achievable, and accessible, um, and, and really it just needs to become the responsibility of the many and, and not just the few, um, as you sort of noted. Um, and, and we all have a hand in protecting technology and keeping ourselves safe as we navigate through applications, uh, from leadership to the end user, of course. Um, from both of your perspectives, how do solutions like preemptive and key one really empower teams to have a greater granular level of control over their security and, and really comprehend the risks that are presented by their applications and uh, the associated code? Uh, well, in the, in the key one case, so for those who don't know, key one is a SAST tool, SAST SEA tool. And, and Alex, what, you know, what key one does when you apply it across your source code there is it gives you an idea of what vulnerabilities live in your code. And, and the benefit of that is that that allows you, with that data, then you can start to um, budget and adjudicate what needs to be worked on first or next or last or never. Um, and and in some of the cases we found with working with folks like Preemptive is that it, you start to figure out that, that there may be, you may find a vulnerability in code that the best fix, the most pragmatic fix for this problem in code is not fixing the code. It's um, obfuscation with John or it's uh, network compensating controls or something like that. There, there are different ways to do that. And, and the bubbling up that information allows you to kind of make those decisions. Um, you know, but, but you use words like compelling and accessible and achievable. And, you know, I've maintained, especially with Johnny's um, pen tester analogy he just gave you is that a lot of this stuff is achievable today, right? There, there are tools out there today that, you know, if a pen tester, like Johnny said, if a pen tester came to you and said, look, you didn't wrap your code. I, I just decompiled it and I was able to get in there with this, you know, hack through it because I was can de decompile it. Then you'd be buying a ton of beers, right? Because that is Bush league kind of level one type stuff that you missed you could have done it is very achievable um the compelling part of your question alex was um you know that kind of goes back to the thing we we're talking about before that money is pretty compelling and if and if you're a developer engineering manager or something like that and you have an infinite amount of work to do and a finite budget then compelling gets driven by that budget right so you need your bosses to kind of cough up some money and help um allow you to make that a compelling priority to work on security. And then then the kind of the accessibility for development. So that's a good one, right? So a lot of this stuff is accessible already. The problem though, is that we still have some bits of people in the pipeline that are old school and some that are kind of new and groovy DevOps, CICD and moving at the speed of light. And those differences in speeds and methodologies sometimes can make things inaccessible because you just can't afford to uh, deploy this technology because it gums up 
the system too much or the system is too sticky that you can't actually get good speed or value out of this tool because you've got this kind of inconsistency across your pipeline. But, but generally speaking, I, I think compelling, achievable, and accessible are not the big dragons that we think they are. It's achievable now. It's accessible now if you if you kind of approach this from a DevOps, all hands on deck type of uh, approach. And compelling um, is by you know, using tools like ours to um, collect the information so you can make that pitch to the people who hold the purse strings to say, you know, this is what we found, this is what we need, and this is why we need it. And then hopefully you can go forward with that. But you know, you know, shout out to Johnny and the the pen tester example that if if you're not, there are some simple things you can do, and if you're not doing them, then I expect you to buy me beer. <laughs> yeah, and if I had a nickel for every time somebody came to us and said, "Hey, a pen tester tester just told us how easy it was to reverse engineer decompile our code and you know look at our source," then um, I'd have a lot of nickels. Let's put it that way. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I think kind of just to add to what JD said, um, the, the, you know, the Kiwan solution of um, SAS and SCA scanning our source for vulnerabilities, as well as the preemptive sol solution of uh, applying hardening um, to defend our applications against things like reverse engineering, decompiling, anti-rooting, jailbreak detect, anti-debug, anti-temper. Um, these things are, uh, they run uh, as a part of your existing build pipeline. So uh, preemptive runs 100% on-prem. Uh, it's, there's no need to ship your code off to somewhere and, and have it sent back. You don't need an army of consultants to implement our, 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 our uh, um, line of products. Uh, you can literally download and get up and running within a matter of hours, if not days. So it's uh, the, the friction to get um, uh, professional grade um, uh, defense against reverse engineering is, 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 very, um, is very light. Uh, we offer free proof of concepts, free trials. We do demos. Uh, we try and make it as easy as possible, easy to try, easy to buy, easy to implement, easy to maintain. Um, so again, we're not talking about a very heavyweight thing that's going to take me several months and, and several engineer hours to, to get this implemented and running in our CI CD pipeline. Um, we're talking, you know, at, at, uh, at most a couple of days or, you know, one sprint to get everything implemented and and then you know we can tweak the settings to the cows come home. It's there's, you know, as as Alex alluded to, we we do give you full full control over the obfuscation settings. So if you want to apply code obfuscation to all your binaries, some of your binaries, you know, that's all within your hands. If you want to apply certain obfuscation transforms to this portion of code, you know, certain you know not, I don't want to apply obfuscation to this API, or I do want to apply it to this you know, a data layer portion of code, then full control is within your hands. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, JD, you know, hit the nail on the head. It's just uh, uh, what he didn't mention, I don't think, uh, is that, uh, you know, it, it 
it's a lot simpler to implement both the QAnon and the preemptive um, tools than than uh, than somebody might think, you know. So for sure, and, and and that makes a lot of sense, right? I think you both just laid out a picture that the situation really isn't as dire as many in the industry would perceive it. It's just about making uh, tactical choices that can empower you to have more control and and be able to sort of manage these risks yourself without. Uh, without the risk of too many lawsuits or anything like that. Um, and, and so just sort of putting a bow on, on this conversation, um, obviously, you know, we've been quite high level today. Um, so let's be a little bit more specific. Um, preemptive is focused on obfuscation, app shielding and hardening, whereas key one is directed at identifying and remediating vulnerabilities within application code. How do these two solutions work together um, and, and how can development teams use them to provide a more comprehensive solution to application security? Uh, well, one of the tricks I like to play is that, so, so I work for Kiwan, Kiwan SaaS and SCA. Um, we are like all the other SaaS tools that you know and love, and we tend to be pretty noisy and find a lot of issues, a lot of opportunities for improvement in your source code. And somewhere in there, you have to actually go through that list of vulnerabilities we found and figure out which ones are most important to work on. And uh, there are a whole class of those that uh, you might be able to identify. And that if you had somebody like um, preemptive, if you had Johnny pass that app through an obfuscator, you could, you could apply a security layer around those vulnerabilities, which would allow you to push that SAST fix to some other sprint or buy you some room to work on other things that preemptive can't help us with or that um, may take more um, time and money to patch up and fix. So one of the things uh, Keywon in particular does is that we have the ability to extract security artifacts, which some people might call reports take those reports, you can pass them to the left over to the threat modelers, stakeholders. You could also pass them to the right. So you could give them to John's pen testers, for example, you know, and tell them, um, I will not buy you any beers if you pop a shell on something that I've already found. Um, or you could pass them over to the SOC and say, look, uh, I've already, I'm pushing code to prod that has these holes in it. Please, will you cover me? And then then like I was alluding to, one of, the, one of my favorite tricks is to pass it over to preemptive and say, please, will you wrap this, obfuscate this? And that makes it harder for people to take advantage of those holes that I know they're in the code, which amounts to buying more cycles, more sprints for me to find time to fix those holes. So, and I don't, uh, Johnny, I don't know if I missed anything in there. Is there, do you have any other rabbits in your hat that you can use to? <laughs> no, I, I, what I would, the only thing I, you said it exactly right. The only thing I would add is that um, you do need both because, um, you know, we will harden, secure the app against reverse engineering, decompiling, stealing algorithms, stealing source code, uh, in, you know, injecting malware, tampering the code, looking for vulnerabilities with the binaries. But we're not looking at the source code at all. And conversely, you know, Kiwan doesn't look at, at the binaries. Um, so the, the, uh, there's going to be a number of vulnerabilities that that Kiwan will, will expose and like, hey, this one is the worst one we absolutely need to fix. Uh, we're gonna do that from source. There's no way we can let this code out the door without that. But then as JD mentioned, 
there's going to be perhaps thousands of other um, vulnerabilities or poor coding pack practices or things of that nature that we just don't have the bandwidth or the, the, the sprint cycles to complete. Um, so if it does get out the door, um, as he said, we cover it up, obfuscate it, anti-tamper, anti-debug, apply all that so that we can, you know, we can have the, the confidence that we're, we're, our code is protected, so. That's great. Yeah, and, and thank you both for such a thorough explanation and, and for sharing all of your knowledge today. Um, I think that's a perfect place for us to wrap up. Um, again, thank you so much uh, to John and JD for joining us today and sharing all of, our, all of their insights. Um, we've learned a lot about the state of security, the risks that businesses are facing, um, and many of the ways that we can mitigate these challenges uh, by using the key one and preemptive solution, especially collaborative to uh, get the full effect as John just mentioned. As we uh, prepare for 2022, make sure to review the offerings of Key one and Preemptive. You might just find a solution that is right for your application security approach. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.